High in the Austrian Alps, in the cold and snowy village of Mariafar, a young priest named Joseph Moore had been assigned to the parish. But he walked the streets with a heavy heart. Napoleon's war had wreaked havoc across Europe. Moore had witnessed firsthand the depression of the economy and the suffering of the village where he had once resided. There was no doubt the young priest sought after God's stillness and peace. And it was here, lost in the majestic view of the Tower Mountains, where he penned the lyrics that reached for hope from the holy night that changed the world forever. As tradition tells it, two years later, Moore was preparing for midnight mass when he discovered their faithful organ had played its last note. Desperate to find a song for his parishioners to sing on Christmas Eve, Moore grabbed the lyrics he had written two years before, left his church, and journeyed to the home of his friend, organist Franz Gruber. He showed Franz the words and asked him to compose a simple melody that could be accompanied by only a guitar. And so, on December 24, 1818, Moore's poetic expression of the birth of Jesus was sung by a humble congregation on a snowy, cold Christmas Eve, filling them with the hope of heavenly peace. Over the next century, Silent Night would spread across the world, and then, in 1914, those same lyrics, birthed in the aftermath of war, found their way back to the battlefield. On Christmas Eve, both English and German troops laid down their weapons and sang together about God's peace from deep in the trenches of the First World War. To this day, God pours out his gift of heavenly peace to all who will receive it. From high mountains to low battlefields, church choirs to families round the tree, we celebrate the very moment God transformed humanity by sending the greatest gift of all on that first silent and holy night. Well, good evening and Merry Christmas. Uh, we really do wish that all of you could be with us uh, this evening. And it's been a bit of a journey uh, for us this afternoon to be able to uh, live stream our Christmas Eve service. Um, but we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Um, you know, we were, we were caught off guard uh, with everything that's happened that, that prevented us from having uh, an in-person gathering. Um, and so uh, tonight, our prayer uh, for us here is we've uh, been working really hard with the crew, the family, really. Uh, and for you at home uh, joining us, that uh, uh, despite all the ups and downs of uh, this year, uh, even of today, that this Christmas Eve service would be special would be a time for you, uh, wherever you are, to maybe take a deep breath. Everyone take a deep breath. <sighs> and just kind of call time out on the busyness and the craziness uh, of this year and maybe the Christmas season, maybe even today. Maybe it was one of those days where you were running around and uh, things were happening and it was all you could do just to uh, get in front of your TV or your computer uh, to join us uh, right now. Uh, and so uh, take a few moments, gather yourself, gather your family, and let's not just uh, sort of uh, make, uh, you know, just one of these things that we do uh, just because, but let's really make this a special night. Uh, you know, um, we had had a lot of uh, wonderful plans for our Christmas Eve service together. Uh, Tyler and Kim, you know, they were going to light the pathway and, and light the uh, area right over there. We, we had a ton of coffee and hot chocolate and little candy, candy cane stirrers that uh, we were going to, uh, to all enjoy. And, and for whatever reason, 
uh, we're not able to be here as a church family, but we are able to gather via technology. And so we're going to make the most of that. We're going to make the most of that. And, and really, um, if you hadn't heard why we weren't able to gather, you know that uh, there's a possibility, and I say that very importantly, there's a possibility, as far as we know at this exact moment, just a possibility that the leadership team uh, here at the, the well uh, was exposed possibly to COVID. And uh, there were tests that were run. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get the test results back in time uh, really for us to s- what we would feel safely gather in person. So out of an abundance of caution, uh, until we get the test results back and we can decide what to do next, uh, we just wanted um, to really be very cautious. We-, we love you. We care about your spiritual health and your physical health. Uh, the elders pray for you, and we've had discussions about this very scenario happening. And so uh, we're walking through it together. We're walking through it as leadership. We're walking through it uh, as a church family. And so uh, that's kind of why we couldn't be here. We're just waiting on uh, the results to come back, and then we'll decide, uh, you know, next steps. We'll seek the Lord and, and continue to uh, chat as a leadership team about uh, how best to proceed for the, for the well-being of everyone. And uh, before we pray, I just want to use this moment as also a, a reminder, a loving reminder. I know that, you know, there's a phrase out there called COVID fatigue, and this has been going on for quite a while, and, and maybe over time, uh, we've gotten comfortable. Maybe we let our guard down just a little bit. And uh, this reminder of um, you know, us not being able to gather here uh, tonight is a reminder that uh, we should still be diligent, uh, still uh, really be concerned about others. It's about one anothering. It's about um, you know, self-sacrificial love and doing what we need to do uh, for, for the good of everyone. And a reminder that you know, there are ripple effects uh, and some of the ripple effects uh, we're experiencing tonight as a church family. And uh, uh, no one's necessarily at fault. It's just part of what we're going through as a country, as a world right now. Uh, but just maybe, you know, God can work this for the good in your life, in, in the life of your family, uh, your social circle. Maybe just take a deep breath and say, well, you know, have I, have I been maybe getting a little bit lax, a little bit overcomfortable? And I mean, to me, just do the, a little check. And that's how I'm, I'm approaching this uh, in my own life, with my family, even as a pastor of the church. Lord, show us uh, where we just need to be uh, uh, continuously diligent in the times that we're facing. So, so that's where we are. Uh, we wish you were here. Um, but uh, let's just make the best of this Christmas Eve service together. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that even though we can't all be here this evening, it uh, doesn't change the fact that we are here to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world. So, Father, uh, tonight, wherever we are, in our homes, wherever we may be gathering, uh, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the privilege we have, the freedom we have to uh, celebrate the birth of Jesus. Thank you for those around us in our homes, family, friends a church family, church leadership that loves us dearly. And so, Father, uh, help us now to calm down, to really use this time together, because we still are together, to celebrate, to reflect, to remember how much you love us as demonstrated in sending Jesus. And so uh, we love you, Father. Thank you for the many blessings. Thank you for the technology and the resources uh, that allow us to even live stream a Christmas Eve service in 2020. So we commit this evening to you. Be pleased, be glorified as your church is gathered to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. Accomplish your will and purpose. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And all God's people said, amen. We are going to do the Advent reading uh, this evening. So Shiloh is going to read scripture and we're going to light the Christ candle. All right. Tonight we conclude our celebration of Advent. The word Advent is from a Latin word meaning coming or arrival. The focus of these four weeks has been the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Each Sunday morning we lit a candle on the Advent wreath. On the first Sunday of Advent we lit the candle of love. On the second Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope. 
Next, we lit the candle of peace, and this past Sunday, we lit the candle of joy. Tonight, we light the Christ candle, which reminds us that Jesus is the reason for the season, because he was sent to save us from our sins, and he is Emmanuel, God with us. Tonight's scripture reading is from Matthew 1, 21 through 23. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Oh, glory be to Christ. 
Lord, we do thank you for that truth, that you are in heaven, that you are seated at the right hand of your Father. Lord, in that one day, you will call us home to be with you forever, Lord, free of sin, free of pain, free of sickness. Lord, but until that day, would we live in the truth that, God, you sent your Son down here to earth and died for our sins and three days later rose again. But, Lord, tonight we just remember, Lord, the great gift that we have in you, Jesus, that our hope and our strength and our peace and our love comes from you and you alone, Jesus, that no matter what may happen to us, God, in this season of life or the next, God, that we can put our faith and our trust in you. So, Lord, would you just be with us tonight, Lord, and pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Shiloh. Um, again, we are so blessed as a church family with the giftings that uh, God has given us as a, uh, as a family. You know, we're supposed to use our gifts uh, for the edification of the church. And by golly, uh, tonight, <laughs> it's the family. Uh, we got Jordan on the camera uh, right there. And uh, uh, my wife's doing lights and Eileen's on the uh, on the computer and uh, we're just blessed amen we are just so blessed uh, to be able to do this uh, tonight and um, if you were with us on Sunday uh, we looked at Luke chapter 2 and we looked at at sort of the reality version of uh, Mary and Joseph uh, traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem and really um, peeling back layers uh, the tradition layers and saying what what was that really like you know, we, we, we tried to take a, a reality uh, perspective of that Christmas story. And, and tonight we're going to do the same thing. We're going to look at sort of like the real life version of another aspect of the Christmas story. And it's in Luke 1, uh, when Mary is told by the angel that she's going to be giving birth to Jesus. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to read the passage and then we're going to come back and we're going to walk through it together. Uh, it's in Luke 1, 26 to 38. It says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, very famous passage. Many of you are familiar with this. And we often, when we read this passage, we tend to focus on, on Jesus and the description of Jesus. And, and maybe, you know, you've seen it in Christmas plays where the angel comes. And, and we sort of um, maybe don't take time to reflect on what this meant to Mary and Joseph in real world terms, and, and tonight my heart and my prayer in this, in this brief time that we have together is that we will see, through Mary and Joseph's response, great encouragement uh, to really trust God, to really trust and surrender to the will of God. You know, this morning, I looked on my phone, I went back to the recents on my phone, and, and at 10, 10 a.m. this morning, uh, I got my first call, and, and I say first because uh, Pastor Tyler and I had several calls today, but at 10.10 10 a.m., I got my first call. Now, let me tell you, up until 10.10 10 a.m., I was having a pretty good morning, pretty basic morning, getting ready, uh, taking care of some things around the house, getting ready for Christmas, um, 
prepping for the service, you know, just kind of a casual, regular morning, nothing unusual. And at 10, 10 a.m., I get the call from Pastor Tyler, and lo and behold, uh, we're informed uh, about the status of, of uh, some results that have come back, and suddenly, from 10, 10 a.m. on, everything just changed. It, all the schedules, everything, uh, up until that, uh, this morning, what had been normal morning till 10, 10 a.m., everything changed, and here we are uh, tonight, and um, we have a skeleton crew of the family, and we're doing a live stream service. And I was thinking of that, like, wow, that phone call changed things. Up until that time, I was just kind of having a normal day until the phone rang. And, and I thought about that, and this is in no way a comparison, but think about this for a moment. Before the angel showed up to talk to Mary, she might have just been having a normal day. Now, the phone call I received from Tyler in no way in magnitude compares to this, but just for a moment, let's go back to reality. Mary maybe woke up and had chores or things to do, and in an instant, she has a miraculous encounter with an angel that literally changes the course of history. But if we take it all the way back from broad history, all the way, it literally changes Mary's life. Right, So we're going to walk through this. Uh, in verses 26 and 27, it says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So a little bit of context here, just to, so you understand. In this culture, it was not uncommon for teenage girls to be betrothed between the ages of 13 and 15. Okay, and, and so think about this for just a moment. Again, many of us don't take time to ponder the fact that Mary might have been age 15. And in this culture, when you were betrothed, it was even more serious than what we would call engagement. In fact, when you were betrothed, you were considered to be married. You just weren't living together. And it was about a year between your betrothal and the ceremony, but you were literally considered husband and wife. So we have this teenage girl, let's say 15, 14, 15-year-old girl, betrothed, okay, we would call it engaged plus, right, to be married to Joseph, okay? So that's the setting, real-world setting, okay? This is real life, okay? So if you have a teenager, we are all teenagers. Uh, If you're a teenager watching this, think about this. That's the setting, all right? Verse 28 to 30. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, uh, afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, check this out real quick. The angel says some really powerful, positive things to Mary. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Right? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So check this out. She's going about her day. Angel comes, shows up and says, Mary, God wants to bless you. You are honored. You are, be, you are being given a supernatural privilege. Right? In fact, that word, the Lord is with you, means grace. It's, it's the same word we get for, for grace. Right? So, This angel comes with this, think about it, an incredible statement or statements about how God sees Mary. She's highly favored. She's she's honored. She's about to receive a great privilege, okay? And it says that Mary uh, was greatly troubled. She's perplexed, okay? So think about that. Think about this for a moment. Teenage girl, okay, teenage girl going about her day. Angel shows up and says, Hey, have I got news for you? You are highly favored. God wants to give you the privilege of all privileges, right? And then he said, and so then he goes on to the what, verse 31 to 33. What is the privilege? What is the honor? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. All right, so let's go back. 15, let's call her 15-year-old teenage girl going about her business. Angel shows up and says, hey, you've been given a special honor. You are highly favored. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to give birth to Jesus. That's the what, right? He will be great, will be called the son of the most high. This is the what. 34 to 37 suddenly turns into the how. Remember, we're talking about a 15-year-old girl. Just been told what's about to happen to her. Now, if you're a teenager, and even if you're not a teenager, if you're 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, angel shows up, says you've been chosen by God, and he tells you what's about to happen, how would you react? Right? So how does she react? Well, verse 34 to 37. Mary said to the angel, how will this be? Since I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. So this teenage girl, going about her business, is told that she is going to bear supernaturally conceive Jesus and she is mature enough to say, um, come again? How? How is that going to happen? Right? And he tells her it's going to be a supernatural event. It's a supernatural conception. Right? And then he says, hey, and as a sign, you know, you know, Elizabeth, you know, she's so old, she's many, you know, beyond the, the age to give birth. Well, she's pregnant too, right? So he gives another uh, sign of a miracle through Elizabeth, right? Uh, being pregnant as well. And then he says, nothing is impossible with God. Literally, what that means is no word of God can fail. Think about that. Nothing is impossible with God literally means no word of God can fail. So let's, let's, again, let's look at this reality. Forget all the tradition for a sec. Teenage girl, virgin, is told that she's going to supernaturally conceive the son of God, Jesus. Normal reaction, uh, how? He tells her how. Tells her there's another miracle through her relative Elizabeth being pregnant, right? So the question is, how would you respond to all of this? Honestly, how would you respond? You know, I, I got to call at 10, 10 a.m. Pastor Tyler tells me what's going on and I had to respond. I had to react. Decisions had to be made. So you're 15. Let's say you're a teenager, 15. You're betrothed, which means you're engaged to Joseph. And an angel tells you you're about to get supernaturally pregnant. How would you respond? You see, because the angel says what, and then she says how. And I think in our lives, we read the Bible, and we hear a lot of what, what is true about God, what is true about us as his children. But you know what? I wonder, I wonder in your life and in my life, if we... If we were challenged with the how, okay, I get what, what God says and, and, you know, what it says about God and all of his promises, but, but how's that, how's he going to do that? The Bible says, don't worry. The Bible says, don't be afraid. But how is, how, how does God work all things for the good? How, right? And so Mary says, how is this going to happen? And this, think about this. He says, nothing will be impossible with God. I'm going to ask you on this Christmas Eve 2020, do you believe that? Do you believe tonight as a child of God that nothing is impossible for your heavenly Father? Do you really believe that? No word of his can fail. Jeremiah 32:17. Ah Lord God, 
It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You believe that? Think about what you're facing right now at home. Think about what's going on in this country, in the world. Do you believe that nothing is too hard for your heavenly father to handle? And think about all that the angel said to Mary. Hey, highly favored one, right? She had a special place in God's heart. Do you believe as a child of God that you have a special place in God's heart? Right? She was highly favored. Well, you're a child of God. If you, through faith in Jesus, you're adopted into his family. Everything we've been talking about in Ephesians. Do you believe tonight that nothing is impossible for your heavenly father? Do you really believe that, right? And then look at, listen uh, to Mary's response. And this is, this is really where uh, I think many of us tonight on Christmas Eve 2020, it could springboard us into 2021. Look what she says. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Teenage girl going about her business. Angel supernaturally appears, tells her what is about to happen to her. She is about to become supernaturally impregnated with Jesus, the son of God. All the while she is betrothed to Joseph. And what is her response after she says, uh, how's that going to happen? He tells her the how, and then this is her response. And I wonder if this would be your response or my response. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, don't let me let me put some background and fill in some blanks here about what this meant. She's betrothed to Joseph. They're considered husband and wife. She's about to be supernaturally pregnant. <laughs> okay, let's not gloss over that. Because in Matthew 1, we know that we read the story of how Joseph had to deal with this. What did this mean for Mary? Let's, let, okay, think about this even 2020 in our culture, right? What would this mean? So in Mary, in Mary's life, things just went boop because there were social consequences and fallout from her being highly favored. What were that? Well, shame, disgrace, scandal, rejection from family, from Joseph, from people in Nazareth. Think about this. Accusations, gossip, rumors. Not just, not th we forget that these rumors and gossip and, and people thinking ill of Mary probably followed her the rest of her life. Right? For those who didn't believe in her supernatural conception. Loss of reputation, being called crazy, ridiculed, persecution. And think about this. In this culture, if, uh, if you're familiar with it, what was the potential ultimate penalty for adultery? Death. So this whole list, this whole list of social consequences that are following her being highly favored and being chosen by God for this supernatural birth of Jesus. Think about that for just a moment, the reality of the fallout. She's got to go tell Joseph, right? And then Joseph has to struggle with it. She's got to tell her parents. Everyone in Nazareth finds out this was a big deal. And I think sometimes we gloss over it. And tonight I want to challenge you. I want to challenge even myself as I was prepping if God was going to bestow on me some supernatural gift and privilege, but there was going to be some fallout, would I respond the same way that Mary did? Would you? How would you respond knowing that you faced rejection, ridicule, persecution, gossip, rumors, losing everything? How would you have responded 
Because this is what Mary said again in verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then again in Matthew 1, 18 to 25, if you read that, we're not going to read it tonight. But read that and you'll see uh, Joseph's side of it. When Joseph, okay, so tonight we're focusing on Mary and maybe the, the ladies watching this, you resonate with it more. Uh, gentlemen, I encourage you to read Matthew 1, 18 to 25 and ponder the reality of Joseph hearing this from his betrothed Mary. Hey, uh, Joseph, never going to guess what happened today. <laughs> and got a visit from an angel. And the angel said that I'm going to supernaturally conceive the son of God. Gentlemen, how would you respond? How would you have responded in the reality of that, right? So read Matthew 1, 18 to 25, and you'll see ultimately that Joseph as well had to exercise great faith and trust and surrender to the will of God. And so here's my encouragement for us on this Christmas Eve. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what issue in your life might seem impossible, even for God in your view right now. I want you, encourage you to read these stories, read this story in particular about Mary. Understand that as a child of God, you are highly favored. You are a son, you are a daughter of the King of Kings, right? Understand that your heavenly father, there's nothing too difficult, too hard for him to handle in your life or my life. And maybe tonight, maybe tonight, before you go to sleep, you need to surrender that issue to God. Maybe tonight you need to say like Mary, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Maybe tonight you need to say, Father, I trust you. Father, I surrender to you. Father, I surrender. I submit. I give my life to you, right? Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What does that mean? It means every day. We wake up and we say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I surrender my life to you this day as a living sacrifice. Because that's ultimately what Mary did. She said, you know what, Lord? Okay, I don't really understand it. It's kind of crazy. I'm not sure how Joseph and everyone else is going to respond. But okay, I trust you and I surrender and I submit my life to you. My encouragement to you on this Christmas Eve 2020, do the same thing. There is nothing too difficult for Father. But you got to trust Him. You got to trust Him as much as Mary and Joseph did. When He comes into your life and He wants to do something supernatural, it may require supernatural faith. It may require you to say, okay, I'm going to trust you. I don't get it on the human level, but I'm going to trust you. No word of yours can fail. Nothing is impossible for you, Father. I trust you. I trust you. And maybe tonight on this Christmas Eve 2020, wherever you are, you're watching and, and you've never put your faith in Jesus. Well, I can't think of a better opportunity than a Christmas Eve to simply say, Jesus, I'm trusting you as my Savior and Lord. I'm trusting you. It's not just the, a supernatural birth, it's the birth of a Savior. And Jesus, tonight I'm trusting you as my Savior in the best way I know how. Jesus, I believe you were born, you were crucified, you died, and you rose from the dead. I believe you were sent as the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. So Jesus, in the best way I know how, on this Christmas Eve 2020, I'm giving you my heart, my life. I'm resting in you fully as my Savior, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender my life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So receive the gift of salvation tonight. 
put your faith in Jesus. If you've already put your faith in Jesus, here's the crazy thing you can do. Present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Trust him. Reflect on Mary and Joseph and the faith and the surrender and the submission and the trust that they had to have in real world terms as part of God's plan for salvation for this world. Okay? We're going to pray and then uh, we're going to come up and uh, Shiloh and uh, Vinny are going to lead us in our closing song. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that tonight we are reminded in our passage of Luke 1 that there were real world implications and real world consequences for Mary and Joseph as part of your plan to bring Jesus onto this planet. And so, Father, we know it's been quite a year. Some really big things have been happening in this planet, in this country, in our lives, and sometimes maybe things that seem impossible for you to handle. But tonight, we were reminded that nothing will be impossible for you. There's nothing too difficult for you, Father. So tonight, Father, in the best way we know how is your children Just like Mary and Joseph, we're going to trust you. We're going to yield. We're going to submit. We may not understand. We hear a lot of the what. We may not understand the how, but you're God. You're our Father. You work all things for the good. Nothing separates us from your love. So we're going to trust you completely. We're going to surrender completely, even though we may not get it. Just like Mary and Joseph. We're going to trust you. And then, Father, for those tonight we're putting their faith in Jesus for the first time we praise you for that thank you Jesus for being the savior of the world thank you for those that tonight father perhaps have trusted Jesus as savior and lord for the first time and receive the gift of salvation on this Christmas Eve 2020 usually on our candlelight service Uh, we would close with silent night and we would pass out candles and everyone would light them and it would just be a beautiful uh, scene and a beautiful time of reflection Um, unfortunately you know obviously you're not here and so we can't do that but uh, Shiloh has a candle uh, and uh, she's going to come on you can come on over Shy and uh, this is kind of uh, she's, she's lit this candle for you, all of you. Um, we were thinking before service, if we had more time, we would have made these candles available for you to come and pick up and light them in your homes um, to sing with us. Uh, but I encourage you, uh, reflect, think about this, right? Trust him. Trust him. He's a good God. He loves you. Trust him. And as we sing Silent Night together, I encourage you, sing at home. And just like Mary and Joseph, yield your life. Trust Him. Trust Him with everything. Okay? He sent Jesus because He loves you. So we're going to sing Silent Night, and then we'll close in prayer.
again, I want to say thank you for joining us uh, for this Christmas Eve service. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much that you would send Jesus as the Savior of the world. Uh, we love you, Father. Uh, please continue to bless our times with our friends and family uh, this Christmas season. Keep us healthy, Lord. And, and again, Father, help us to trust you.